Oh, welcome. I am so excited for you to be here at the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast series. This is a really extra special episode for me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I get a little, little emotional in this episode because um, my guests in this episode are have become my friends and my teachers. I've had such an incredible opportunity in the last 12 weeks to participate in a really amazing resource at Life Changing Services. And um, the reason that I participated in it um, isn't because I needed to be certified or take a training. Um, it's because I wanted to remember why I started doing what I started doing and where it started and what it sounded like. And so I, in the last 12 weeks, took the mentor training with Kim Davis. And so um, I just, I have Ben and Spencer, Caleb and Ryan um, are here, but there were like, you know, four more of us. There was like eight or nine of us total, right, Kim? Yeah, Kim, are we missing like four of us from our group? I think we are. Yeah, yeah. Three of us. Spencer says three of us. Okay. Well, at least four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joe, Brandon, Mike, and Brian. All right. Oh, I'm glad we said their names. Joe, Brandon, Mike, and Brian, we miss you. So we'll dedicate this to, to them and to, uh, to their absence. We're sorry you can't be with us. Yeah. Kim, tell me, how long have you been a mentor trainer? How long has the mentor training been going on? And why do we have it? Uh, what, what do we have it for at Life Changing Services? Okay, Karen, you should have asked me that before. I have no <laughs> sense of time. Like, okay, that's a lot like me. So I'm sure- I'm going to say four and a half years. I was going to say, I bet you've been doing it at least four or more years. So I think- that's probably okay. That's, I think that's about it. All right. And what, was um, what, yeah, what's the purpose of it? Who takes this training? That is a great question. The purpose of the mentor certification class is obviously like the name says to train mentors. And I'll tell you the truth. When I went through my mentor training, I didn't even know what that meant. I just, kind of by accident ended up in a class and they said, welcome to mentor training. And I turned to the person next to me and I said, what does that mean? And they said, you're going to be a mentor. And I turned back to him and I said, what does that mean? <laughs> I was so clueless. So to be a mentor in life-changing services, I mean, there's just so many places that we use mentors, that we are mentors. Um, I'm trained as an eternal warriors mentor. So people that go through eternal warriors mentoring training, they want to teach eternal warriors, they come through this class. But the cool thing is, is our men of Moroni group leaders also receive this training. All of the personal warrior trainers receive the training. And even clinicians that are, or therapists that are working uh, with life-changing services, even if they're in other states, wherever they are, they also go through the training so that we all have the same language, we're, we understand the principles, 
And then I've had people that have gone through the class that um, kind of like you expressed, Karen, that they just want personally a refresher or they just want to go a little bit deeper in the principles. Yeah, excellent. All right. And so we have had people in our class. So you gentlemen that are here. Um, the first week that I showed up to class, I was just like, shut the front door. This is exactly where I want to be. I am so happy I'm here because I just felt like, oh, wow, these men are such warrior-hearted men. Did you feel like that too, Kim? Do you, is that your experience every single time? I was like, Kim has the best job in all of the company. Yeah, this really is. This is the secret job because... The thing that, and I've told you all this, you are my heroes. So I get to work with uh, a, a majority of the people that go through here are men that are, have gone through the recovery process or going through recovery and they vested and they're here because they want to reach down and help those that are new as a personal warrior trainer, as a group leader. So to be among these warriors, you are my heroes. And to feel that every week is so inspiring to me. Yeah. Okay. So let's meet some of these warriors here. We have two, um, two warriors connected with Sons of Helaman and two connected with Men of Moroni. And so, hey, so could we just kind of, let's go with the uh, Men of Moroni, Sons of Helaman, Men of Moroni, Sons of Helaman. So Ryan, then Caleb, Ben, then Spencer. Could we go in that order? Go for it, Ryan. So my name is Ryan. I, uh, I'm in this program, uh, or I wanted to become a mentor, rather, to help others um, gain knowledge of what I have. Uh, when I first started this program, I was, I was uh, really scared um, and concerned for, my, for myself and my family. And I wanted to get help. And so I started this program and I got a lot of help and a lot of encouragement from my mentor and other people in the program who have a lot of, I say sobriety would be a good word for it. Um, so a year or so after being in the program, somebody had mentioned, hey, would you be interested in this? And I said, you know what, I actually would because I want to I help men uh, get try to get where I'm at if not surpass where I'm at. Um, I have a lot to go through. I have a lot to learn, but I want to try to give them what I've learned to let them know that, hey, it's okay. Um, we can work together and we're in this together. And there, there is success on the other side because it's, it's kind of scary in the beginning, but uh, we, can, we can make it if we work together. So that's kind of why I wanted to be a mentor. So good. And Ryan, tell us a little bit about your, um, just your life, your family. Like, you have a very cool family. <laughs> so I am uh, married. I have, we have six kids now. We just had a new one. Um, my wife is a saint. She will tell me no, she's not what she is. Um, so I have a pretty, pretty, I'm pretty busy with my job. I work, I'm in the army. So I have a very uh, unique environment. Um, it's not the, Sometimes not the greatest environment. You don't have the greatest people around you, but you have to um, you have to surround yourself with 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 good things. You have to have boundaries, 
Um, that's one key thing that we learn in this program is having boundaries. And you have to set those boundaries so people know, hey, this person, uh, Ryan, doesn't like this, or he doesn't, he doesn't do things like this. So when I set those boundaries up, people understand that and helps me out. And it helps me with my recovery as well. Um, my children are from ages two weeks old to about to be 11 years old. Um, so I have a lot of, uh, we stay busy in our house. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom, so she has a full-time job, 24 hours a day. Um, and I come from a family who is very much uh, hide your emotions. Um, my mom was codependent very codependent. So that, that kind of designed me the way I progressed through my teenage years into my early twenties, um, to where I am now. A lot of the, the things that I, I shouldn't say she did a bad job. She just, she did the best she knew how. And from the way my mind was, cause I have an addictive personality didn't really work out too well, but, um, I've learned to work through that, uh, through this program and reading different books that we've had in this program, like Armed with Righteousness. That was one of them that was, gave me a lot of inspiration, a lot of, uh, a lot of motivation, I would say. Um, but kind of helped me work through some things that through my childhood and whatnot. It's been a really good program. Excellent. Thanks, Ryan. So yeah. good. All right, Caleb, what, what brought you to mentor training? And tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, my name's Caleb. Um, I'm 18 years old. I decided to start my training to become a personal warrior trainer because I realized that the best way for my own recovery and everyone else's is for me to do all I can to help them. Um, I kept having the reoccurring thought it's better to prepare boys than repair men. Um, and I real being around those boys, being around people, I wanted to be someone that can prepare people rather than, and repair them. They're both what need needs to happen. Um, I'm really trying to prepare for a mission right now. And this mentor training was amazing for that. And I'm hoping that as I continue to develop my skills, I can prepare mentally, physically, and spiritually for my mission. Okay, so and so are you um mission papers getting ready, getting going in? Like what's your timing look like? So I'm a really old senior, so mm -hmm. I still have my whole senior year left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer has his mouth up and like, dude, that is hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. So tell us a little bit more about just your family and some of your interests, some of the things that you love to do. Okay. Um, my biggest passion is wrestling. I love wrestling and I love to be out there on the mat. Um, I love woodworking as well. Woodworking's my passion project. That's what I love to focus on. I love making things for people. Um, I come from a family of golfers, and I love golf. That's our family tradition is to go golfing each, all the time. And, yeah, me, my mom is amazing, my, both my mom and dad. I definitely couldn't 
I've been able to make it through my own recovery without them. And they don't know it a lot, but they're truly amazing. Excellent. All right, Caleb, thanks for joining us. So cool. I'm so happy to know you, you guys. Okay, Ben, um, you're on. Tell us a little bit about why, why you're here, take, why you took the mentor, tra mentor training and about your family and interests and things. My name is Ben, and I, uh, I couldn't be more grateful to have been a part of this program. I didn't realize that life-changing services offered advanced degrees, and I feel that I've, I now have an advanced degree with life-changing services, and it just, it is so amazing to go through this program. I had no idea that I would be getting so much out of it, and I have to be honest, when I saw two ladies in the classroom, I was nervous about that. Because a lot of uh, what I have brought to the table from my past, it's, uh, it's embarrassing. And I've been hiding. And I'm the, I'm the man in repair that Caleb mentioned just a few moments ago. When I found out from my personal warrior trainer that I could also become a personal warrior trainer, I thought, what an excellent way to help other people. Because if I had been helped when I was young like Caleb, I'd have a completely different life. I have wasted four and a half decades fighting this dragon and trying to slay it on my own and haven't known how. And it wasn't until I got involved in this program with Menomoroni that I started to be equipped with the right thought process, the right tools, and the right people around me, that I could slay the dragon and that I could seek repentance. When I first started the program, my wife and I were on the verge of being divorced. We'd been married for 33 years and I was living in a separate home from her. We have seven children, three are at home, four are adults and have moved out. We have two grandchildren. And I wanted to save my marriage. I wanted to save my relationship. I wanted to get myself right with God again. But having the, the, the gorilla on my back for so many years, I felt it was me that I had a, a problem, a, a fault, that there was something wrong with Ben. But I learned through life-changing services, that it's not anything wrong with Ben. It's really the, the way Ben has allowed to condition himself to become what he was becoming. And that's all changed today. So um, being around a lot of people, I'm a general contractor, I'm in people's homes. I am so much stronger and so much more apt to talk to people about addiction, about changing, about therapy, about all sorts of uh, different things to help us become better people because I have just experienced that. And I feel that there's been a complete change about me. Wow, that is so awesome. Ah, so Ben, can, can I ask a question? Yeah, totally. Ben, how long have you been with Life Changing Services? How fast has this happened? I started in September last year. So 
Like that is extraordinary. The grace of God is immediate. It's beautiful. Holy cow. Yeah, that's so awesome. So good. Ben, thanks for being here. Thanks so much. All right. And Spencer? Um, yeah. Uh, my name is Spencer. I'm 22. I got involved with life-changing services, Sons of Helaman, right after I got home from my mission. I had struggled with these addictions before my mission. I had gotten clean, but when I got home, all of the all of the pressures and battles came back to me, and I wasn't quite ready for that. And I knew that if I continued without help, I was going to live in fear for the rest of my life, fear of not knowing how to fight the battle. And so I was blessed to be able to come across the Like Dragons Did They Fight book, uh, just the, the free ebook on Facebook. And I read it all and I decided, you know, I, I love that and I need that. And so I joined and I graduated and I have had bumps here and there and I haven't been perfect, but wow, this program and life-changing services and everything has taught me so much. I became, I want, I've wanted to become a mentor for quite some time now. Um, I will admit that part of my reasoning for wanting to become a mentor is a little bit selfish because uh, I know that teachers often learn more than the students. Um, I progressed personally so much more on my mission than I had any time before that in my life. And that's because I was doing my best to try and help other people. Um, and I found joy in that. And I saw this mentoring program. I'm going to be a personal warrior trainer. I saw this as a way that I could continue that in my life. Um, I could focus on improving myself to help other people and thereby help both of us return back to Heavenly Father and feel joy. So awesome. So good. And Spencer, what are some of your interests? What are some of the things you, you like to do? Wow. I, so I'm a college student. I'm studying at BYU in Provo. Um, I love a lot of things. I will confess I am quite the nerd. I love my major. I'm studying chemical engineering. I love math and science and solving those problems. And I'm excited for the next semester of school to start so that I can get back to learning about that kind of world. I also have a passion for music. I am not accomplished in any area, I would say, but I enjoy playing the ukulele and learning the piano and violin and dancing. Again, those are learning things. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So just for, in case somebody isn't quite sure what a personal warrior trainer is, or, a, you know, a, a mentor, becoming a mentor in a Menomoroni group, because I think a lot of people are thinking, well, wait a minute, don't therapists run, mentor, run Menomoroni groups? 
Do I mean, I think there's a, uh, just so could you guys clarify a little bit? What is a personal warrior trainer? Uh, what's, you know, uh, are there mentors in all the Metamoronite groups or how does that work? Like, how, tell us a little bit about that. Just whoever you please feel free. Just like we were in our, in our class when we hung out just to talk. Okay, I'm already unmuted, so I win the race, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I had a personal warrior trainer when I first started um, Sons of Helaman. I'm not sure how many programs interact with a personal warrior trainer, but I know that it's a prerequisite, it's a requirement for graduating from Sons of Helaman. And personal warrior trainer is somebody that the warrior will meet with one-on-one -on -one outside of group once a week, and together they will discuss certain goals, the manpower goals that are common within life-changing services, uh, ministering, accountability or action, the no goal, prayer, writing, reading, all of these things that they're supposed to do every day. But then also it extends a little bit past that uh, to help the warrior kind of understand the fight of their lives understand where they're acting outside of their values and how to think about those battles a little bit differently. And they are not qualified. Uh, no, no, let me correct that statement. They're not certified therapists is the word I was going to go for. They are most certainly qualified. Um, but they can be any, anybody like me who is a college student and not studying psychology. Oh, good. So I think, Ryan, you might be the guy to tell us what's uh, Menoron I Mentor. Um, actually, I have a, a little thing we read. Um, so we're, it's a, uh, a mentor is someone who is, we're not trained, we're not life profession, um, but back that up, we are trained to coach um, and support. And our groups are, it's like a mentor. We, Mentor leads the group, and every, anybody can we become a mentor, but we all work together um, <clears throat> to lead the group. Some of us will, uh, whether you're going to mentor or not, can teach the group lesson um, and encourage one another. But um, for like, let's say it's, the mentor is kind of someone, it's that person you can go to, they introduce the program to you, like your first, your first time you come to the class, They'll tell you, hey, this is what it's all about. This is what this means. And they explain things to you. Because sometimes you can be, at the beginning of a meeting, it's like, hey, what are your numbers? And people are like, what does that mean? Well, the, the mentor is the one who explains things to you. Uh, some of the verbiage we use is different. And the mentor will go over that with you, tell you about that. They typically like to meet with new people before the meeting to give them a heads up um, of how the meeting works. Uh, usually 15 minutes prior to the meeting, they'll, they'll go into a meeting together and they'll discuss things and in the rundown of what, what to expect. Um, just so they'll have somebody that they'll know there before they get there. Cause going to an initial meeting, not knowing anybody can be real scary, especially, um, you know, dealing with what we deal with. It's like, what if I know somebody there? You know, that's always the, the big scary one. But mentor is just a, a normal guy or girl who is there to support you and help you and uplift you. And does the member on I, um, I know they there are like if someone goes onto the website to enlist in Menoroni, 
um, they'll see that there are mentor-led groups and clinician-led groups, right? Yes, they, yes. So a mentor doesn't just meet with you to tell you about what it is. Like it's, so you are training to become just the guy who leads the group, right? That's, I'm the guy that leads the group. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm the group leader. Sweet. Yeah, that's so awesome. If I may add just a little bit to that, um, yeah. I was confused in the very beginning what the difference was between having a personal warrior trainer and going to the group. So mm -hmm. when I first signed up, I was assigned a personal warrior trainer. I had no idea who this person was. And I was to meet with him once a week for 30 minutes over Zoom. And during that time, he would train me so that I would be better prepared for the meeting that uh, was just spoken of by Ryan. And uh, I, I had a fabulous personal warrior trainer, truck driver, and he would be in his truck uh, going down, to the down the road sometimes talking to me. And it's what I, I remember the most about him is that he was always an encourager, always a cheerleader. I never disappointed the guy, even though sometimes I was so disappointed and I was feeling the effect of shame, which I had lived in for most of my life. He would take that away and he goes, hey, you called. That's great. So proud of you, Ben. So, you know, personal warrior trainer can really go a long way in helping someone get through recovery. Ah, so excellent. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Like, Kim, what's the principle of a mentor? Uh, describe that. Like, Really, all you have to be to be a mentor in life is to be someone who um, isn't like miles ahead of somebody, right? Explain that. Just a few steps ahead, one step ahead, just to be like, hey, watch out for that rock. I tripped on that one. I know it's there now. <laughs> so you don't have to be perfect at doing the principles, but just to be a little bit further along the path, that gives, that gives whoever's just starting on the path hope. Hey, someone's walked this path before. And I love what Ben said, that they're just your cheerleader. They're in your, they're in your corner. They're there to cheer you on, to clarify principles. They're your, they're your guide. Right. And I like to, but just that thought that came to my mind is um, mentors, uh, personal warrior trainers, they know how to speak your truth. Even if you can't hear it. They know how to speak it. They can speak your truth, what's really true about you, and the, the whole perspective. They can help you reframe your perspective. Uh, so let's go, go a little more into depth, Kim, with our mentor training. So when we all signed up for the mentor training class with you, um, what are some of the things? Um, like every week we had the same format. And everybody knew what to expect after two or three weeks. We were like, all right, this is what this is going to look like. Um, so when we first came, let's just go through some of the aspects of the class and we'll talk about them. So Kim, will you just tell us about, you know, when we come, what are some of the first things that, 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 we, that you think were so important for us to, to know and to highlight and then how we started our meetings? The first time that we start a new mentor certification class, 
we do just what we started with here is we want to know who you are and what's your story. How did you get here? I think just doing that creates a connection and it uh, takes away any shame or fear. So that when, you know, we show up, we've all been on our own journey and that, that again, it, um, it creates a trust that we trust each other right up front. Mm -hmm. um, we, we really focus on the um, five basic mentor skills. You guys know this in your sleep. <laughs> the five basic mentor skills, which is based on uh, work put together by Anelody Milne. And you can actually, for those of you that are listening, you could purchase that little booklet the oh, Mentor's right. Handbook. You the can purchase that um, through Life Changing Services. And the thing that was so fun introducing those principles right up front to this group is right away, you all had the vision that this information was bigger than teaching a class. This information was bigger than being a personal warrior trainer. Some of you mentioned, oh, I didn't know we were going to have a parenting class. I didn't know this was going to be a... a relationship class but that's the cool thing is the things that you learn here and that you practice in mentor certification is very broad application life application for just anyone that you meet right you have an interpersonal relationship like then you talked about more confidence and just going into people's homes and connecting with people yeah. so um kim just right there um, what are some things that stood out to you um, about the mentoring skills? Me personally? No, these men, the guys, these yeah. gentlemen, like what stood out to you? Like when, when you heard, the, okay, we, we got to every week, Kim says, all right, we're starting the clock. Everybody name the five mentoring skills, right? What are the five basic mentoring skills? So everybody had to name them every week. Right. Um, and then, Every, uh, like the dynamic of the class, how did you notice we implemented the mentoring skills and what are some things that stood out to you um, in the training that you were like, geez, these mentoring skills are kind of a big deal. Ben? I think of reflective listening as something that I have had to work on in my own life. And then to be able to practice it with a group for 12 weeks has really given me some understanding of how it works. Um, I, I am a lot better at reflective listening with my wife now and with my kids. I will listen to them and I will say back to them what I, what I think I'm hearing to clarify what I'm, what I'm listening to. And it really draws home um, the importance of that they're validated that I was listening to them and that I, understand what they're trying to put across. So um, I've, I've learned a lot with that. Yeah. Caleb. Yeah. Um, I mainly think of honoring and relating. Those actually taught me patience when it came to mentoring. I always, when I'm helping someone or listening to someone, I always want to just barge in and be like, this is what you do. Fix this. Do it this way. I I know. I I just. I, it's kind of prideful, but that's what I want to do. And it those 
honoring them and just saying, I know you can do it right. I'm just here to help or say, or just listen to them and reflective listen or validate what they say. It's helped me be patient and just walk through it rather than barge through it. If that makes sense. So much sense. That's excellent. All right. So good. All right. Some of the other mentoring skills that we didn't mention there were like asking the right questions, um, validating and affirming. Go ahead, Spencer. I love the idea of asking the right questions. Uh, sometimes when you go through your mentoring, some people will say you got to ask questions. And yes, that's great, but you have to ask the right questions. Um, there's, there's a difference when... I think this goes back to kind of what Caleb was talking about. Uh, there's the teacher that has their own agenda that is trying to put what they think is best out there for the student, ask leading questions. But what I really learned more of in this class is asking open-ended questions, things that will help the warrior or the person, whoever we're talking to, because as Kim said, this applies to everyone we interact with, but it has helped me understand how to ask questions so that other people can look at their inner self more clearly. So good. Yeah, excellent. Kim, what comes next? After we, after we all say, all right, here's the five mentoring skills we're all trying to solidify into our mind and our heart, then what comes next? So we start each night with, like you pointed out, what are the five basic mentor skills? Uh, someone is assigned to do the six questions and to choose a basic mentor skill to focus on. And with those six questions, of course, we're doing a Q5. And that's something we really practice is everyone's encouraged to come to class prepared, having done their own lost battle analysis or Q5. All right. so we really get a lot of practice with that. And then once that, that uh, class participant does the six questions, then everybody, we all step back and say, okay, what did they do well? And we notice all the great things that they did. And we ask them what they did well. I share with them what they did well. Then we move on to the lesson part. We go through the 12 lessons that are taught in and of Moroni, Sons of Helaman, and Eternal Warriors. And a class member is assigned to teach that. Again, they choose a, a basic mentor skill to focus on. And then we notice what they did well. And then, um, then we discuss that lesson more in depth. I generally share some thoughts on it. And then we've all come prepared to discuss specific readings that support the, the lesson principle, the principle that's been taught in the lesson. And then we have different assignments there. So I'm not teaching, but it's our class members that are assigned to come and report on chapters one through three or whatever. And so it's a, a great discussion and opportunity to really go deep. Yeah. We don't have enough time. It's a two-hour class, but it could easily be three hours, you know, just to discuss the readings. There's so much totally. to absorb. 
Yeah, it's so true. So when it comes to the Q5 and asking the six questions, what is something that stood out to, to you gentlemen who are here? Um, what are some things that stood out to you in, in that process, that Q5, six questions, and practicing one of the mentoring skills as you were leading that or watching someone else lead that? What, what stood out to you as far as, yeah, the value of all of that? So, Spencer, you mentioned something really cool before we started. Yeah, uh, I was, I was getting there just as you said it. Actually, wait, back up. Um, the, the Q five for me, is probably one of the things that will continue to have the biggest impact, uh, for me from this mentoring class, um, and I think that's probably the point probably why we do it and spent we spent what like probably 20 to 30 minutes on it each week even though it was only supposed to be eight minutes um but and you know we should clarify that a q5 is a last valve analysis okay yeah uh, a q5 is a lost battle analysis a lost battle i guess we should even get back there a lost battle is any moment where you act against your values, I guess I'd probably clarify that, uh, give that definition. It doesn't have to be just masturbation. It doesn't have to be losing to pornography. Those are certainly examples of lost battles, but um, yelling at a spouse, um, deciding to flake out on a responsibility. Uh, all of these are lost battles. And one of the things that was okay i said the q5 was the biggest skill that i take away but the biggest lesson that i think every student or participant of this program took away was what is the real goal of life the real battle of life and it is to keep the spirit with us so you could probably extend what is the last battle it's a moment when we give up the companionship of the holy ghost to do something else um, and so that is all to explain what a Q5 is, a lost battle analysis. You go through and you look at when did, what was the event? What did, what did you do that was not in line with what you wanted to be doing? Where were you not being true to yourself? Um, and we go through and we walk it back and we step it back because what we learn in life-changing services is that the moment where we make an incorrect choice um, the decision-making process happens long before that uh, Satan, Satan's devious and he plans it he plans it all out we think oh darn in that moment I just messed up but we can trace it back to the feelings that come up and a personal warrior trainer a Miranda Maroni mentor somebody that goes through this program is trained to be able to help somebody else walk through their own struggle um, where they eventually ended up losing a battle. And for me, that's important because whenever you're trying to improve yourself, especially with masturbation, pornography, these addictions, the action itself isn't what we should be focusing on improving. I think most addicts or most warriors know that that is incorrect. They know that that's bad. Um, 
They don't need any help knowing that it is wrong. Where they need help is knowing how to prevent it, when it's coming, knowing the feelings that indicate that a battle is going to come up. And as I've included that in my life just in these last 12 weeks, I've been able to live a better life, I'd say, because I have spent more time looking at the bottom levels, the bottom questions, the root questions of the Q5. Now, sorry, that was kind of long. That's excellent. Yeah, it makes me think if Kim uh, would say, I mean, I think it was an aha for, for the whole group when Kim right off the bat says to everybody, you know what the real battle is? The real battle is to keep the spirit. And then she says it another way. Keeping the spirit is a real battle. When you win that battle, you can win all the battles. Right? Like, I can just hear her saying that. And so she said that a lot. And that really... Um, is like, if you can catch it early when the spirit is saying, I can no longer stay here. I have to leave, you know? Um, if you can keep the spirit, then you can win all the battles. It's so significant to take the hyper focus of, I have to make sure that I don't do that really bad thing, you know? And instead you're thinking, I'm going to make sure I can keep the spirit. You're not so white knuckly about things if you're thinking the real battle is to keep the spirit. So let's focus on that over all battle. It's a big deal. Caleb, you had something. Yeah, I very much agree. I think taking this training course has really helped my spiritual discernment really go up a lot. And one of those ways it's gone up is noticing the lies Satan tells us constantly. I've always known those shame battles, um, and I've always known the level four lies when he's telling us lies and we're feeling shame and when we're about to lose a battle. But one thing I haven't really noticed is the lies he's telling us to make us forget to be at a level zero or forget why we fight. Um, we can always trace back, even back to a level one, a lie that was told to get us to a level one, why we're not acting our best self at the, that time. And that was really hard for me. I, I would just think of what's the lie, what's the irrational conversation, and what's the shame battles, but I couldn't think of why is this important in the small moments or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I, that helped me a lot, just knowing he's telling me and my family lies constantly, and I need to be aware of that. Mm, so great. Oh, and one of our other warriors came, Brandon's here. Thanks, Brandon, for being here. We're so glad you're here. Glad to be here. Yeah, so good. We're just going through some of the formatting of our mentor training class. And we were just talking about the last battle analysis. Um, I just know for me personally, uh, let's talk a little bit about the vulnerability of what's required to have a successful team or group or class, because that's something that really stood out to me. Um, 
speaking of a last bowel analysis, probably the, the evening that Mike asked me to do the last bowel analysis, <laughs> that's probably the most vulnerable I've been in a really long time in front of people. Like I kind of just lost it uh, because I had been fighting that battle so often and I would always end up following through and doing what was required of me and it had everything to do with, uh, but what I couldn't see was that I was being distracted into doing better, like, you know, the good, better, best. The best thing that I needed to do was to accomplish um, doing a video or making a podcast, or doing something that required some, some courage on my part. Um, and, but it was so cool through the last bowel analysis, uh, just because really it's, the mentor, Mike was mentoring me, the mentor asking uh, questions, and then you, your brain, looking and searching for the answer, and the spirit helping you. Um, it was just such an aha for me to realize, um, it's not that I'm doing anything bad, other than it takes me forever to get to the best thing that I'm trying to accomplish. And then I just feel so weary, because it's like, gosh, what took me seven hours could have taken me 30 minutes, you know? And uh, so it was so cool for me to have that aha and that last bell analysis that Mike ran with me of um, just the way that the adversary is messing with me there is to get me to do so many meaningful, good things, needful things, a must do things. And that's the way I'm losing that battle. It was hard to see, but it was so cool. And ever since that last file analysis, I am so much faster at doing that. <laughs> so, so good. All right. Um, what, um, one of the, the dynamics that makes our class so successful is this, um, something you mentioned, Caleb, would you mind sharing the, what you mentioned before about vulnerability. Yeah, for sure. Um, vulnerability in my mind is the most valiant and noble thing someone can do. Um, when you hear stories of courage, you, you like hear the old myths of like fighting off lions or cool things like that. But I think in our modern day battles, our modern war stories, one of the most valiant noble things we can do is be vulnerable with those we can trust and those on our team. And I can truly say that everyone here that's been in this class is on my team and I know I'm on their team. Um, that vulnerability brings a lot of trust. If I wouldn't be willing to be vulnerable with everyone in this class, if I didn't know they were just as willing to be vulnerable with me. Um, when we're vulnerable, it, bring, it brings out the spirit in a way that's amazing. And it helps us have so much warrior chemistry because we want to help each other so much. We can see so much their weaknesses and how these demons are attacking them. It brings it out in ourselves because it helps us be aware and discern what, how he's attacking us. And it helps us remember that these people are on our team. When I've been vulnerable with these people, 
it's helped me remember there's hope in this world and there's light and I don't need to be afraid. Um, so vulnerability has been a major part of this class and I've been really glad for it. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, um, anything along those lines that anybody else wants to bring up as far as the dynamic of our meetings and the power of vulnerability, like Brene Brown would say? I would like to say that uh, every time we stepped into this meeting, there was love. There was love and respect for one another. There was kindness. Everybody was so thoughtful and everyone was prepared. They came to the meeting ready to go. And uh, I've got to attribute that to Kim for setting the tone of the meeting and sharing with us the expectations. And because she shared that with us out of love, I think that we all wanted to meet those expectations. Yeah, so true. Yeah, Brandon, you're on. Yeah, I really loved what Ben said there. And I definitely think Kim and you too, Karen, uh, led by example of how to, you know, create such a trusting environment. And I think, you know, when I think about trust, you know, no matter what we have done, for example, in the week, some of us completed all of our manpower, sometimes some of us didn't. And Kim was very uplifting and encouraging with that. And that can potentially be a really vulnerable thing for somebody. And when I look at the Lord and, and well, when you have Heavenly Father and Jesus, both are more concerned about having a relationship with us than they are about, you know, the chastisement and rebuking. They want to be loving and merciful. We just need to take that little step and be a little more vulnerable with them. As we do that, all of these blessings and the miracles can happen. Vulnerability, I think, really, and this was paramount in this class, the vulnerability really um, makes relationships. That's truthfully um, what I saw can really cause two people or more people to really blossom. If we weren't vulnerable, I think we'd all be a little fake. It would be a little forced. It'd feel awkward. But being able to take a leap of faith like that, uh, that's what brings the spirit in, and that's what makes this meeting powerful. Yeah, it's so awesome. that, And it is so cool that Kim is such a great example of when you're running your own group or when you're meeting with your own um, person that you mentor, that you're a personal warrior trainer to, um, this is what it looks like to apply that kind of energy that has all that love and all that acceptance and all that using the all that five basic mentoring skills just all over it so that it makes the person feel like I'm in a growing space. I'm in a space where I'm allowed to take off all of the shell and grow instead of keep it all 
you know, in and try to be cool and try to say the right things. And, you know, I loved it, Kim, when you would say, when we'd report our scores for the week and you would be like, oh, that is so great. Even if it was like terrible, our score is terrible. You're so great. And then she'd say, you know, you're, just the fact that you reported, you know, not saying, and your score is terrible, nothing like that was like, just the fact that you reported is just a celebration um, of the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? What are some of the things you would say, Kim? It was just so meaningful. That's, like, that's a big one. I, because I, right, I do this program too. I win battles and lose battles, and sometimes I have fantastic scores, and sometimes I don't. And I understand that it is very vulnerable to put in your points because Satan's right there going, oh, everyone's going to judge you. Look, they're on 279 and you're on day zero, right? That's, that, that can be an, a big trigger and the enemy's going to jump right in there. But I really believe that, that day one is a, a celebration of the atonement of Jesus Christ, that he is just cheering us every tiny step we take and, if we're ready to start over, he's there. He's there every time. That's excellent. So good. All right. So what about the lessons? The lessons are pivotal to all of this mentor training. Like um, in the mentor training that Kim and I initially were involved in when it very first started years ago, um, it was a lot about how to teach the lessons and teaching the lessons and not so much about doing a last battle analysis. Um, um, a lot more about highlighting what the mentor skills were, but just teaching the lessons. And the lessons come from the Like Dragons Did They Fight book written by Maurice Harker. Uh, that's where that material is taken from that book. But what are some, some of the lessons that stood out for you? There's 12 lessons, right? Um, and we could go through every lesson and say all the names of it, but we don't have time to do that. But what are some of the lessons that stand out to you? I loved Ryan's lesson on creating near, new neural pathways. Yeah. And uh, here we have this, uh, this army dude mm -hmm. that is teaching all of us how to do drills, how, how to take our minds and rewire them so that we're ready for battle. And it was just so impressive to me that Ryan would take what he learned from the army and apply it to what we're doing in this group right here and that we could all learn from it and grow from it. Um, he, he went over things like uh, make drills more important. We need to train our minds we need to choose flagpoles that create reconnections in our minds. Um, uh, and then at the end, he said, you can drill anything. And I just so appreciated that, Ryan. That's excellent. Yeah, Ryan, will you have anything to say about how cool your lesson was? <laughs> so, you know, the, I mean, toot my little horn. <laughs> No, I, just, I just I write I write I wrote it every time I teach a lesson I try to use personal experiences I guess yeah personal experiences 
to relate my messages. Um, and a lot of my personal experiences through the Army and growing up have, have played a major role and shown me how I can be better. Because uh, in the Army, we do drills, lots of drills. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'm so tired of these drills. Oh, my gosh. You know, we take a car weapons, we put weapons back together, we clean weapons. Even if you didn't fire the weapon, if it leaves the armory or the arms room, you got to clean it. It's just like, well, we didn't fire it, but you got to clean it. It's just something you have to do. Um, so yeah, I think I think these the drills like he talked about digging drills is, is really important. Um, like your border patrol, what if this happens? What am I going to do? You need to prepare yourself because um, there's going to come a day and a time when you're going to be attacked. When we are attacked, because we're attacked all the time, and it gets so tiresome. But when you get attacked, you've been practicing that drill. So when you, the attack comes, when the enemy does come at you, you're prepared and you're ready to fight back. So that's, that's why I think the drills are very important. Um, it's, you know, safety first. It's like we do safety and, and different types of work and industry. They do safety things and safety reminders and safety meetings. You're like, oh, my gosh, we talk about wearing goggles and doing and running the uh, cardboard compactor every time. And it's like, well, because one day somebody wasn't wearing their glasses, their safety goggles, and something shot out and put their eye out. So I, that's, you know, when we get attacked, oh, he's attacking me? Well, I'm ready for this. I've been drilling for this. Bring it on, big boy. It's me and you. One of us is about to get killed, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. So excellent. Brandon? Thanks, Ryan. I think for me, and hearing um, Ryan talk and Ben uh, just brought back some pretty cool memories of the past few weeks. But I think one of the biggest things for me wasn't so much as a lesson number. It was something that was kind of taught periodically throughout. And that was the level zero, the real battle that we're here for is to fight for the spirit. And when I understood that, it made the whole chemical scale much easier for me to understand. It made lost battle analysis much easier, made everything feel much easier. So I just really appreciated to learn that simple truth that the real battle and level zero is about keeping the spirit with it. Mm -hmm. So that was just my little thought there. Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Brandon. So good. The cool thing, and again, this is why I really love teaching this class. The cool thing is everybody teaches from their own perspective. So you just, you just learn so much. Even if you're already teaching this in your group, even if you're a, a group leader already in Men of Moroni and you're teaching this, you come to this class and you see so many other people teach it and you just learn so much it's really cool that's that's what's so awesome about it like hearing ryan's personal experiences in regards to drills you're not going to get that anywhere else or hearing um how ben connects to how he does his power actions and really makes a deep connection with god that was so inspiring to everybody spencer shows up with a personal story or a uh an original story. 
that's the stuff that makes this class so powerful. And I think somebody mentioned that too. Um, you know, you, you teach it over and over and over again, but then when you hear other people teach it, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about it from that angle. That's cool. So that's a real benefit from attending mentor training. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Um, one of the things that I think highlights learning, whether it's the lessons that we're learning from or just the whole evening that we spend together in mentor training was when Kim would say, uh, all right, what are your takeaways? Right? That was a big deal. Like, I, I don't know about you gentlemen, but for me, I just thought, okay, I'm going to be listening for my takeaways so that at the end of this, I'm going to know what my takeaway was. <laughs> it's, they're so good. They're so powerful. Yep. And then also at the end of each lesson, she wouldn't let us end um, unless we gave a challenge, right? Give a challenge. If you're going to give a lesson, then give a challenge. Um, so that really stands out too. Yeah, it really is amazing to, to share a space with people who are trying to grow together and learn the same thing together with like-mindedness um, and be so vulnerable in it. So, Spencer? I would, I would say, as along with that, it goes back kind of to the vulnerability of earlier, but um, there are few times I can remember in the past probably six months that I felt the spirit. Actually, I'm going to correct that. I don't know if there is a time in my life where I have had a meeting consistently for so many meetings in a row where I have felt the spirit so strongly in each meeting. Um, I, I have attended very spiritual meetings before but they're normally one and done kind of things. But something about this training, almost every week I came off of, I came out of these meetings on a spiritual high. And it was because everybody is striving. Everybody here, as you mentioned earlier, has been through their own journey. They are winning in their own corner, but they're not satisfied with that. They're not done. They want to do more. And I think you bring so many people with that kind of attitude together and it really makes something special that the spirit wants to be a part of as well. Yeah, I, th I think part of that too is because you, you are on your own journey. We're all on our own journey. And to be on this journey, you come to know Christ in a way and need him. You recognize your need for him. You're not just warriors winning the battle against sexual addiction. You are warriors for Christ. You know that you need him and you've aligned yourself with him. And I think that's part of that dynamic of why the spirit is so powerful here because of, of the journey you've been on and your absolute trust in Christ. I would agree. And I guess I would add another thing. It would be, um, and now you are, um, in a place of, like, for me, it was like, now I'm in a place where I can see what the real battle is. And I want to enlist on purpose with a lot of intention in the cause of Christ to support his work with his sons and daughters. Um, because I've walked 
this journey, and I know so many people struggle with this journey. And I, I know some things. I have evidence that people heal, that there is hope. And I know who brings that hope and who healed me. I'm aligned with Christ. And so now I want to be really fully enlisted. Like, you know, here I am, God, use me. I want to be part of the healing of this. I think that's part of it too, is the mentor training is all about people who are ready to enlist in, at that level. So cool. Well, one of the things that Kim always says, who are you? What are you? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> Come on, guys. You are we, we are warriors. You are a warrior. <laughs> and I have thought of that many times on my own when I hear her voice in my head. When I'm thinking, you know, I'm less than. And then I think of Kim and should say, what are you? You are warriors. And it has personally given me strength when I've been on my own. So thank you, Kim. Yeah. So before we would leave the meeting, that's what she, she would say. What are you? And we would all say, we are warriors. Yeah. It's fun. It's light. It's cute. But it's so powerful. Because it is... It is true, so true. Like everybody on this planet is a warrior. If you're here with a body, then you are a warrior. You might not know that you should be fully enlisted in the fight and that you're under attack, but it's a huge thing to know. So over all the principles of life-changing services and the things that you've learned, first of all, initially entering and learning about these principles in a place where, boy, I need some healing in my life. Um, I need some hope in my life. I've tried a lot of things and I'm a pretty smart person, but I am not making any progress in this area. Um, what was it about the principles at life-changing services that come initially from that like Dragons Did They Fight book that really just kind of unlocked a door for you? Is there something that stands out to you? Yeah, Ben? I would say is what stands out to me is that here we are, individuals, fighting our own battles, fighting our own emotional challenges, family challenges, how we feel about ourselves, our history, of how our parents raised us, and how they felt about us. And we're, we're taking all of this and we're, we're trying to sort through it. And usually we're doing it on our own. And then you come into a group where everyone is vulnerable and willing to share. And you start to hear some of the same things from someone else's life and some of the patterns that they have established that you can learn from and grow from and become better through it. And so I do feel as if I have been training actually with warriors that are going to give me strength for the rest of my life. And this was not just happenstance. This was divine and directed. And I truly, truly feel blessed that I was a part of it. Thanks, man. So good. Brandon? 
Yeah, I think uh, just hearing Ben talking kind of reminded me of, you know, when I first started the life-changing service program, um, actually about two years ago. Then, looking back then compared to now, there's a huge, huge difference. And I've looked back through time thinking of different, you know, turning points that have happened and also just seeing how, you know, the whole time from day one, even before day one, from day one of the program today, the whole time the Savior has been transforming. He's been healing a little bit of the time, sometimes imperceptibly. Sometimes I was able to notice it to where here I am two years later looking back thinking, wow, look at what God has done just in two years. Look at what he's done to take me away from, you know, an addiction to become somebody who's actually finally broken free and now has the chance to turn around and help other people through this. I just think it's amazing to see that whole contrast and to see that, that the Savior does work piece by piece little bit at a time and over time it becomes an amazing thing oh so beautiful yeah <clears throat> kim how about you and then really i'm going to ask you ryan and spencer and caleb to just answer that same question what what was it here when you showed up and it was like i've tried lots of things was it just the perfect timing you just showed up and that was you know well, perfect things lined up and this was the resource I was led to or was it something unique that was in the way it was presented or the the war revealed or, you know, what was it that helped you to, to say this resource is really a life-changing experience for me? What was it, Kim, that you noticed when you first showed up and thought, what are the, what's this Like Dragons Do They Fight book about? So I, I wasn't dealing with um, sexual addictions, but I had an addiction to anger and sugar. And it doesn't really matter what, what your addiction is. It doesn't really matter what you're fighting. It, it is, it's all the same battle. It's all the same. And when I first heard Maurice speak, um, and he was sharing the principles, I'm trying to think. Um, Sorry, my mind just totally went blank, but I was like back in that room for a minute. Um, recognizing the real enemy, that was the life-changing pivot for me. I thought I was the loser. I thought I was the girl that couldn't get it together and couldn't, uh, you know, live authentically because I would be crazy mom at home and show up at Relief Society and look like I had it together. And so I just felt this uh, cognitive dissonance. And when Maurice, when I listened to Maurice talk about the spin and the scale, it was like, like the smoke cleared. And I was like, I'm a good person. I'm being played. It was, it was, that was the life changing pivot for me was, holy cow. 
The enemy is in my life. I had no idea I was being played. And that I was spending such little time at zero, at feeling the spirit, feeling like my best self. And that I, that I could step into that. I did have power. It was latent power. I didn't realize I had it. So hearing those, those principles for the first time, that was my big aha. It was like, what? What? I'm totally being played and I could do something about this. I don't know what yet, but there's something. <laughs> yeah, so good. Very similar. That's very similar to how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. What about Caleb? Go for it. Thanks. Um, for me, getting to the point where I got to recovery, um, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for my mom. I, she learned about the program through our bishop, and my prideful self was too good for that. I was never going to let that happen. I wasn't going to let myself go to a place with a bunch of weirdos, right? I thought that I was thinking, wow, if I go there, I've gotten to a point of failure. I can't come back from that. I, I'm a loser at that point, right? is to complete and total lies from Satan. And my mom was smart enough to make me go, even though I screamed and fought. Um, and she did. And it probably took, it didn't take me long to warm up to the idea of being in a group setting and being there and learning. The thing that made me actually start to enjoy the learning, enjoy the process I think was the sense of brothership there, brotherhood, um, finding my team there and learning these people are in this fight with me. These people were sent down to this earth in these last days at the same time I was, cause we are warriors together and we are going to both, we are all in this together fighting as hard as we possibly can. And we have no time to waste because we, we have to do this now and we have to fight hard now. So yeah, the, the being on a team really helped me a lot. So it totally reframed that you weren't being weak. It was like the strongest thing you could actually do. Right. The vulnerability of being there, being brave enough to just say, all right, I can be here, took a lot for me. Wow. That's so cool. Brandon, go for it. Yeah, I think I just wanted to add how, you know, just hearing what other people have to say and how, you know, everyone has their own unique story. And something that worked for myself may be different than what worked for Ryan or Caleb or Spencer or Ben or, or anybody. And I think it's important to realize that because sometimes um, Satan can get us to believe that, oh, my experience isn't, it's not happening the same way as Ryan's or Caleb's. What's going on? I think instead it's important to realize, no, the Savior works by our strengths, our weaknesses. It's unique how he can touch and transform our lives. Excellent. All right. Ryan or Spencer? What was it? Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I'll be just answer. So, 
Um, one thing that he just mentioned was everybody's different. One, one thing I, I always tell people in the group is uh, this is what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for everybody else. Uh, what works in my uh, marriage is going to work in your marriage. It may or may not. I don't know. Uh, my, my wife is a little bit different from most wives. She will, uh, she will bring the heat when she needs to, and she doesn't play crap. She doesn't, she doesn't play games. She's in a very healthy, safe space. And when I'm full of it, she's going to call me out on my stuff. She's going to let me know that, Hey, um, I don't think you're being honest with me. Used to, she just kind of ignore it, but now she's in a different place. So that's helped, helps me to grow. But I initially heard about this, this, this group. I was just like, Oh, this sounds, sounds interesting. I tried a different uh, program part of this and it was, it was okay. It wasn't faith-based. So it was kind of missing that whole Christ aspect of it. But when I came to this group, I uh, met my mentor and yeah, told him all about the group and what, what was going to go on. I had a personal warrior coach who he was going through. Um, I would say this group was, it was a, uh, it was a blessing for me. Because my personal warrior coach at the time was going through the exact same things as me. He was just further along in life than I was. Um, some of the issues and stuff I, I was dealing with, he was dealing with the same time. But he was, you know, three or four years down the road. So I was, you know, there's that, hey, there's someone who's dealing with me, same thing as I am, but he's making it. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And my mentor, when he got on there and he said, yeah. You know, days of sobriety is 1,500 something. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> but that didn't, that didn't bother me because their guys were there. I'm in five days of sobriety. I'm at zero days of sobriety. I'm at one day. I'm, you know, the different numbers. And I was just like, okay, okay, we're, we're, we're going to fail together and we're going to learn together. I was like, I, I can do this. But I think the also your, your daily goals, um, your reading, your writing, that, that really helped me out, really kind of forced myself to, hey, I'm going to read the scriptures every single day. And that was a major thing for me. I would sit down and open the book up, not the recording, not the, not the tablet or anything, just the paperback, and I would read my scriptures every day. And that was a huge game changer for me. Um, and writing in my journal. Every day I'm, I write my journal in the evening, I reflect back on my day, um, and that helps me to say, all right, what did I do today? What did I, what did I win? What did I fail? What can I do differently? Um, and then I can reflect on previous journal days and look and see what I was doing good. Um, if I'm worried that I'm, uh, I might not be doing so well, I'm getting a little agitated. Um, I would, I'll read back to my journal and be like, all right, what's going on? You know, let me find out what's going on with me. How can it fix me? So I don't have a lost battle. Um, and this program has taught me, especially with the chemical spill, that was, that was really awesome learning about that. But being in this program is just, it's been a game changer. I would say that. Thanks, Ryan. And, and Spencer, you know, what was it that stood out for you that was like, well, that just opened the door I didn't know was there. Um, so I'm going to go in a little bit more. I talked a little bit about how I came across life-changing services uh, earlier. But um, gonna go into a little bit deeper because it it's my story. I remember um, 
coming off my mission, I uh, I had spent two years in a in a country that didn't have the best medical services, you could say. And so when I got back, my body was a little bit broken. And I went to the doctor and there was some stuff that got done. So I was kind of bedridden uh, for, for a week. And for somebody who's going all day every day as a missionary and then having to stop suddenly and sit in your room for a week uh, at home, that was, that was hard for me. And the enemy hit hard especially since that was the place where I had fought all of my battles before my mission and he was just hammering on me. I remember distinctly curling down as in a ball on my floor, just crying and praying. And I was asking God, what was wrong with my brain? Why couldn't he just fix it? And I was, I was sad that I was going to have to live the rest of my life like this um, with fearing the battle, not knowing if I was going to be strong enough for the next, the next whirlwind of temptation. Uh, and so for me, the real victory, the real glory of life-changing services or sons of healing for me was um, the mix of the gospel and the psychology uh, that Maurice Harper brings to the table. I love the group and group setting is great but for me it was knowing that I am not the enemy, knowing the influence that Satan has on my brain, but also knowing how to combat it, knowing that I can be on the offensive. I don't have to just sit there and wait for him to come attack me and sit through it the entire time. I can, I can stand up and I can fight. And it's given me the confidence that I can go through the rest of my life and I don't have to be afraid. Sure, part of recovery is acknowledging that I don't need perfection. There might be a time in my life where I slip up again, but I know how to fight now. Whereas before I was just struggling to survive. That's so cool. Thanks, Spencer. Thank you for that. Well, everybody just share uh, one reason why you fight or just share why, why do you fight? Maybe... Kim, I was just going to say, I know Caleb has to leave. Oh, Caleb! Yeah. I should have just called on you. You're in. Thanks, Kim. Um, I fight because there's so much darkness and evil and terror in this world. And I fight to be a ray of hope in this world, a light that others can look to as an example or a leader or a protector, a healer, whatever they need. I'm going to fight every single day to be what I need to be, be what I believe. I fight to live that way for myself and others. I fight for manpower because manpower fights for me. That's why I fight. Excellent. All right. Go ahead and tag somebody, Caleb. Um, 
I will tag Ryan. So I'm fighting to uh, be still to my wife. I'm fighting to be a better father for my children. I am fighting to um, be a good example to others. Um, and I'm fighting to be who I <laughs> be who I know I who I know I can be. I think I said that right. Yeah, be the man that I know that I can be. Um, there's a, there's a guy in my group who says you've got to like the guy you see in the mirror when you're shaving. And I, I want to I want to continue to like that guy every morning when I shave. I want to continue to look at that guy and be like, you know what? That's a good guy right there. I want to continue to reflect upon that. And I'm going to tag Spencer. Uh, of the multitudes of reasons that I fight, if you, you told me to pick one, and that's, that's a little bit not fair. Uh, but as I, I thought for a second, for me, I fight because I know, I know within my soul that one day I will be in the presence of Christ. I know it. Whether it's in this life or the next. And I'm going to want to run to him. I'm going to want him to be a big brother to me. I just want to go and hug him. And I don't want to have reservations. I don't want to have to shrink aside and pause as I am approaching him thinking, oh, darn it, I, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be okay with this. Uh, I, I wasn't done yet. I'm not ready. I want to be ready for that moment because there, there are a few things I look forward to more than that. And I am going to tag Brandon. Thanks, Spencer. So my reasons to fight, uh, kind of like what Spencer was saying, there's quite a few. And some of the main ones are, I've lived so much of my life in darkness and under the influence of, you know, uh, not having the spirit is prevalent. That I, I fight so that I can keep the spirit because I've seen, as you know, Lehi and has described it this way in Alma the Younger, I have seen and I have tasted of the fruit of the tree of life, and that is most precious and desirable above anything else. And I fight to keep that with me. Um, Kim. I'm going to tag you, and I guess we might make a full circle. I I fight for the same reasons, Brandon, because I have felt the spirit. I have felt the sweetness that comes with the gospel, with with the Savior. And I have felt the contrast, being left on my own, or I, we're never really on our own, being left to the enemy. And I love being in light, being in peace, being in, being acceptable before the Lord. 
and for others. I don't have to hide. I, I fight to have the spirit in my life. I fight to be filled with that love, to feel joy. That's why I fight. And I'm going to tag Ben. I'm fighting because I want to be free. I want to be free from being addicted to something that I couldn't control for four, four and a half decades of my life. And to have that freedom is bringing so much joy. And I want to have more and more of that joy that comes from the spirit. I want to be a better father than I've been in the past. I want to be a phenomenal grandfather. And my wife and I have been able to foster about 16 kids. And we are going to continue fostering kids and helping these kids get a new start. And I want to be that guy that, that is, is free from the cobwebs in my mind, that I do not live a dual life anymore. So that's what I'm fighting for. Back to you, Karen. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I have to share why I'm fighting too. And, oh, so many reasons, right? But I fight to remember that I'm enlisted, that every day I want to show up to be not just a disciple of Christ, but have a warrior-hearted approach to being a disciple for Jesus Christ, uh, to know that I'm fighting with him and for him in his cause. Um, I fight because I, I know how dark and how lonely and how miserable and how much fear I felt when I was in the dark and I didn't know where to turn and I had all this truth in my life but didn't know how to apply it because I didn't know how to literally access the atonement of Jesus Christ and claim that I could be filled with his light and, um, and have him with me. And that the sacrament that I've taken every week for years, that I could have a spirit always to be with me. I just didn't know how to, I knew how to talk it, but not how to apply it. And so it was just so, I just think that's why I fight. I fight so that I can tell other people who are in that dark place because of hard things in their life, that that's not a place that they have to stay. That they can shine light in that dark place and that there's so much hope and a way out. And that's why I fight. Karen, I know we're probably at time and you're leading the group, but it's okay if I ask a question. Totally, yeah. I, I would just wanna hear from you guys. Have have people noticed a change in you? That's a great question. What have they seen? What have, how have you changed? How have people noticed that? My wife has certainly noticed a change in me. And the change is that um, I'm more calm and I am more at ease and I am not uptight like I used to be. I'm not filled with, with this busyness that led me to stress and uh, a continuing 
trying to cover up that which I needed to cover up from her or hide from her. And she just sees a lot of peace. And it, it has brought us together in a way that we've never had in our marriage before. Uh, a way of communicating and trusting each other that I never dreamed we could get to. Awesome. Brandon, you had something. Oh, Brandon had to go. Anybody else? Spencer? I'll go. Um, this, um, this is specifically towards these last 12 weeks and uh, being in the mentor training program. I was just talking with a friend a couple days ago, a few days ago, and they said that um, I became friends with them kind of at the, be at the beginning of this year and more friends as the year has progressed, but they said, it's been interesting to see you change and, uh, and the changes you made and how you've grown. And I just thought, huh, that's interesting. I wonder like what they're referring to. So I had to just kind of like glance past it, but it definitely, I would ascribe at least a big part of that to what I have been doing in this program. Um, I, they didn't mention a change specifically, but I know that I have changed and it's been enough that somebody who is a friend that I don't live with is able to see the change in my life and how I go about it. Ryan, you have anything to add? Notice how you went from a lion to a lamb or something? So, um, this is just over the past, I would say, since I've gotten into this program. Um, I've, seen a, I've seen a huge change in that, I don't know if I've told you this, but, but my kids, like, they, they're very quick to point things out. Uh, um, and typically, parents will get really angry when their kids tell them, Dad, you have a really bad temper today. <laughs> or like, when, when I'm just like, hey, you need to be quiet and yelling. They used to, they'll just, like, you, they'd get really quiet. They wouldn't say anything. But now, because I'm, uh, I would say I'm, I've created a safer place for my family. Um, if I'm acting like a turd, tell just tell me, you're getting really angry with us. Why are you getting so angry? <laughs> just like, you know, you're right. Or, um, or they'll, they'll, I'll be frustrated with some little incident and my kids will be like, dad, you're frustrated. That's why you're getting upset with us. It's not our fault. Don't take it out on us. They'll say things like that. They'll call me out on my stuff. And it's like, what in the world? Like he called I called old Ryan would just, I, I would have lost my mind. I would have not accepted like that. But my, my children are, I've created a safe place for them and my wife to where they can, they can call stuff out as they see it. If it's not correct behavior as we call it. And when they do that, it's just, <laughs> it's my wife just smiles and just like, well, <laughs> you created this. And I was like, yeah, you did. Cause I, I tell them we don't say certain things. You know, we don't say shut up. There's no reason to say that. So if I do get angry and say that, my daughter especially will be like, you're not supposed to say shut up, remember? That's against the rules. 
even if I'm angry, upset, it, it reminds me, hey, check yourself, bring back down to where you need to be, a level zero or level one close to zero. Um, but this, this program has caused me, my family to be to that point. Now it's granted, it's, it's taken us a little while. Um, two years, maybe, 19, 20, yeah, about two years I've, I've been in this program. So it's taken a minute. So it, it doesn't happen overnight. And that, that whole me controlling my anger didn't happen overnight. But, you know, it, it has created a better family environment for me and my children. And that's, that's the, end, the end goal here, to be a ha have a happy family. We are a happy family. <laughs> that's so awesome. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. Such a great question, Kim. Anything that anybody's mentioned to you that they've noticed or that you've noticed, Kim? Well, Joe, Joe wrote in and he said that the same thing, that his wife has noticed a big difference because he's fighting the real battle. And that was, that was what really made me curious. Has anybody else noticed anything? Because I just thought that was really cool. So cool. Yeah. Well, thank you all for your time and for being here. Um, and thanks for being such significant examples to me. And to so many people, it's really such a pleasure to know you and, um, yeah, to fight with you together in the fight. So thanks, everybody.